Listen, I get it. You like saving in Bitcoin. But check this out. You can actually complement your HODL position by investing in Bitcoin startups. If you want additional upside and enjoy learning about angel investing, you should check out Lightning Ventures. Lightning Ventures is a great way to stack real equity in Bitcoin-only companies. They've invested in businesses you've heard about on this show, including Azteco, CrowdHealth, and Swan Bitcoin. And Lightning Ventures makes it easy to get started in the world of early stage investing. The minimum investment is only $1,000 per deal, and you only invest in the deals that make sense to you. So if you want to get a behind the scenes look at the startups you know and love, if you want a chance to support their growth, and if you want another opportunity to profit as the Bitcoin ecosystem develops, check out the 60 second application in the show notes to get started today in building a world that runs on better money. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is Eric Jones, who's the founder of Kind Heart Coffee. Kind Heart Coffee is a new company, and Eric is doing some great work uh, introducing Bitcoin to his customers and educating his community about Bitcoin. If you are a business owner in your local community, you're probably going to find a lot of great insight from our conversation today. But of course, before we get to our conversation with Eric, we have this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight, and this week it's Red Dirt Bitcoiners. The Red Dirt Bitcoiners Meetup is a Bitcoin-centric Oklahoma City group designed for people of all professions to gather, learn, discuss, and network around Bitcoin. They meet monthly in Oklahoma City, where they have guest speakers, talk about current events, and present real-world use cases for how Bitcoin can transform Oklahoma and the world. Their mission is to build Oklahoma into a thriving ecosystem that supports and encourages the use and growth of Bitcoin, and to educate Oklahoman leaders on how Bitcoin can benefit the state and its residents. The meetups are sponsored by Red Dirt Mining, an Oklahoma-based mining and software company that builds tools for Bitcoiners like the Open Source Mining Calculator, which you can find on their website at reddirtmining.io. You can find Red Dirt Bitcoiners on Twitter at reddirtbitcoin or at reddirtbitcoiners.com. Now, we're going to get to our interview with Eric right after this. Business owners, unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with the Bitcoin for Business Quick Start Guide. This 27-page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. Eric, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Ready. Let's do it. When and how did you first learn about Bitcoin? Uh, I think like a lot of people, my first introduction was uh, from someone who I didn't have maybe enough uh, respect for uh, mm. in, in the moment. Uh, so this was from somebody that I was working with at the time. It was maybe maybe like six or seven years ago. Uh, he was talking about Bitcoin, Ethereum, new currencies, uh, and I was very much like, okay, <laughs> sounds good, man. Um, and then uh, fast forward, it was really like during pandemic, uh, I was working at a restaurant at the time, everything shut down, the whole world stood still. Uh, and I had to do something better with my time. So I started learning about investing, started getting into, uh, you know, how do we look at like what a healthy business is? You know, what are some of the metrics? You know, what, what, 
what does a successful business actually look like? That really, uh, that brought me to Bitcoin. That brought me to what do I invest in? How do I invest? And then I bought a couple hundred dollars and then I was hooked. I started paying attention and then you start learning a little bit and then it's like, okay, I'm going to buy another couple hundred dollars, uh, start learning a little bit more. And then it wasn't long before I was like, oh, I, I get this. Um, I understand what the use case is. I don't know how I'm going to use it. I don't know how it's going to play a role in my life, but I, I, I get it. Uh, so it's, it's been a fun ride. The next question is this. What's an insight or fact about Bitcoin that you wish that everyone understood? I think just that it's it doesn't have to be so complicated. Mm. Um, it's a very daunting topic. Um, it can be overcomplicated. If, like you just said, if you're learning from someone who doesn't really have confidence in what it is that they're saying, and that's your first taste of it, that is a poor first taste. That's a poor first experience. Um, so if that introduction is poor, then odds are that's going to push back your understanding, maybe six months, a year, two years, whatever the, the case may be, that's going to push it back. So, um, you know, I had a really cool thing happen literally over the last two days, um, you know, on the note of it not having to be that complicated um, in store, like we accept Bitcoin, we accept Bitcoin for payments, still not a single person in, in the nearly three months we've been open has actually paid in Bitcoin. But it sparked a lot of conversations. Um, and I had the first customer come in uh, who was like, I'm ready to do it. Like, let's go. And the coolest thing about it is that this woman, I won't say her name just in case she's not okay with it, but she's like a 65, 70-year-old woman. Um, mm. She was in the day before. Uh, a little bit of a conversation broke out amongst a couple customers just talking about it. She was starting to ask some questions. I never had to know how to gauge if people are serious, if people are really want to know, if people are like just kind of like subtly roasting me, maybe. I don't really know. Um, but this woman comes back the next day and she's like, Eric, I did it. I installed Cash App. I bought $10 worth of Bitcoin. I'm ready to do it. Mm. <laughs> so she comes in, she's ready to go. And I'm like, okay, well, like, let's, let's do it. I forgot about the whole verification and the KYC and all that business. So I did have to walk her through that. So, um, we didn't actually do the, the transaction just yet, but it was cool. Cause I literally just grabbed my phone. I grabbed a wallet and I was able to like show her what a transaction looks like. And I was mm. able to show her how easy it is. You know, she was, uh, just very curious, which I think the coolest thing is, is you have literally decades of like transactional experience in this woman you know how many evolutions has she seen of you know checks to credit cards and debit cards and like you know uh going from like the swipe to the dip to the tap like all of this and and everything in between and she's just excited because she sees the value of it she's ready to ask questions and uh she's grateful like for someone to even take the time and and explore those with her um so it just doesn't have to be that complicated that's really it so the next question is this, what's the Bitcoin resource that you most recommend to other people? Uh, right now it's a selfish one. Um, I send people to a, via like a little QR code um, on a little framed paper that we have in front of our register to a page on our website. Um, so I'll plug it if that's cool. Uh, Absolutely, it's just, yeah. It's just, it's just kindheartcoffee.com slash Bitcoin. Um, it's not, you're not going to find it in the actual navigation. You're not going to find it on the site. Um, but it's there for people who want to go and try to give it a read. Um, that's the first place that I send most customers, mostly because it's just, I've tried to do my best to explain it in a way that's, uh, using what people 
already know and are already familiar mm-hmm. with to explain something that's new and intimidating and like we said, potentially a little daunting. So that's resource number one. For people who are looking to like get deeper into it, um, definitely like podcasts. I feel like most people today are more audio friendly than they are uh, book friendly. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot easier to digest that information than like, hey, you know, here, read this 200, 300 paid book. Uh, I just think that that can be a little intimidating, um, especially if people are trying to gauge if they're even remotely interested. Um, I yep. think it's a good place to start with something simple. So a couple podcasts that I'd send people to are, I think Preston Pish is amazing. Um, he's, he's personally, he's helped me understand and his, the guests that he brings on have helped me understand a, a whopping amount of information. Uh, um, and he's just, he just asks really great, uh, great questions and has some really good insights. Um, and then, uh, my second recommendation as far as podcasts go would be, uh, what Bitcoin did with, uh, Peter McCormick. So I think he's just really good. He was actually one of the first podcasts I started listening to, um, I just think he's really good at taking multiple angles. I know, uh, you know, the community has some some uh, various perspectives on him, but I think what he does is is really awesome. Um, and he 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 isn't afraid to like step outside the lines uh, and interview people who who have different perspectives and different outlooks on it. So I think it's all really valuable. So before we get to our fourth question, I do want to sure. follow up about kindheartcoffee.com slash Bitcoin. Yep. What is it that you've put there? In other words, what are the things that you think are really important for people to check out who are coming into your coffee shop when they're looking yep. to learn about Bitcoin? Yeah, I, I think most people, their first question is, you know, like, what is it? <laughs> uh, so it's basically explaining how it performs on a transactional level, um, you know, kind of getting that easy look at what money actually is, um, that basically it's, you know, talking about ledgers, talking about recording transactions, um, kind of diving into a little bit of that information in a, in a very simple way. I think a lot of people also want to know what is our interest in it? You know, what do we get out of it? Um, you know, people see, you know, people investing, companies buying it, people holding it. They don't really know what that means, I think, in a lot of cases. Um, so it's really like what do we get out of it? Which I think there's uh, multiple things that we get out of it. I think it's, I think we both know that, uh, you know, obviously if we can hold the asset for a long time, what does that mean? As far as a network goes, what does that mean? Um, but the easiest thing to, for, for, for us to explain to people is what it means on, like on a transactional level. What does it mean for us as the merchant to do something that provides or creates value to you, whether that be a product or a service? And it allows us to directly take that value for it uh, or in exchange. So that exchange is only between us now. Um, so it's like the peer-to-peer network at its at its finest. Um, in this case, it's just a person and a business, not a peer and a, and a truly another person. Um, so I think it's explaining that, you know, highlighting the fact that, you know, without going into too much detail, you know, how a credit transaction works, the fact that it can take so long to actually finalize, the fact that... The merchant is the one who suffers from the exposure of, you know, potentially chargebacks, canceled transactions, failed transactions, um, and the fact that it's just value literally being immediately and instantaneously transferred and it being final. Um, so in store, we make it so that it's a benefit for everyone. You know, it's, you know, mm-hmm. how can we promote this? But in order for us to provide enough uh, value in the promotion of it, we need to first be able to lay that foundational layer 
and and help people even understand what it is and what uh, how would they use it and and what the benefit is. To further answer your question, we also will encourage like basically where to where to go, how to buy it, where do we recommend, what's a wallet. Um, so the two that we primarily push are uh, Cash App, which we're a Square seller. So for us, obviously, there's there's some deep incentive there because through the loyalty program, they can track that. They can literally uh, view, you know, how many coffees they've bought. What is, you know, when's their free one coming? Um, but they can also literally within the Cash App buy the Bitcoin, literally do a Lightning Network transaction and, and get it at a better rate while still getting uh, a reward for it. Um, and then there's Strike as well, which we which we recommend. So Strike was like one of my uh, earliest uh, Lightning Network exposures too. So I think I'm a little biased. So question number four is this beyond Bitcoin, what's a resource or an idea that's been helpful to you or your business recently? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So I think two things. I think the first thing in the... I guess the best way word for it is is chaos of of the or perceived chaos perhaps of the world at present. Um, I think like the grounding you know fundamental principle and it's maybe like a it's rooted in like you know stoic principles or stoic values is just simply control what you can control. Um, that's just like an idea in and of itself that uh, I think has just carried me through um, a lot of what's going on at present. Uh, you know, it's easy to get worried. It's easy to get concerned. It's easy to get caught up, but you know, you just go day in and day out. You control what you can, uh, control and, and you just keep on second resource. Uh, I would, I would say Twitter, especially Mm. with like, you know, um, given when we're recording this, uh, you know, the whole FTX fallout and the way that these things full, uh, you know, kind of unfold. Um, it's always fascinating to be able to go and like hear uh, what people's opinions are, what you know insights people have on things, and to hear it from people who are like super active in the community and who understand the you know the asset and the network and who are actually trying to build something great for the people around them, um, and to hear that through through that lens and through that filter, uh, I think it can be super valuable. Um, yeah, obviously there's their cons, but. <laughs> well, so, the, the the crazy thing is that you're if you're on Twitter and you're following the right people, you're hearing mm-hmm. about what's happening before almost anyone else is. True. It's really incredible to think about yeah. that. Like you're not it's it's sort of like this is probably a bad analogy, but Bitcoin is money that is free of intermediaries. Mm-hmm. And Twitter very frequently is mm-hmm. news and information that is free of intermediaries. I mean, yeah. granted, Twitter is the intermediary at times, um, mm-hmm. and there's sure. some political implications there. But I think it's just amazing to have access to such great information from people that really know what they're talking about. Definitely. Totally agree. So the final question we call our arbitrary but insightful question, and it's this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Uh, <laughs> you might hate my answer. <laughs> so I, I would say that there's a time and a place for both. Um, I think that the why not is like for early stage stuff. It's like when you're dreaming, when you're trying to envision something it, and it's sort of like the question that takes the top off. So, you know, you ask why not? And it, you know, it's, well, why not? Why can't I do this? Why not? Like somebody has to, why not me? Like, 
So it allows you to kind of free yourself by asking the why not question. And I think the why is like the, the you know, to use a very uh, common Bitcoin uh, expression, it's like the second order effect. It's like the why is, you know, okay, well, you know, we ask the first why, the second why, the third why, the fourth why. And then like all of a sudden at the end, we have like a deep, you know, actual answer. And I think even when you ask enough whys, and maybe this is a little uh, personal, um, but like, I feel like I asked enough whys and it led me to like my why. You know what I mean? Like you ask enough whys, like, why is this important to me? Like, why do I do this? Why do I care? And then you get to like the actual, like, oh, this is why I show up. Like, this is my why. Like, so this is why I'm starting where I'm starting, why I'm trying to do what I'm trying to do. So I think the why not is is the first question to ask. And then the why is when you get into the minutia and the details and the actual problem solving. Um, so uh, that would be, I know that's, uh, I'm kind of, you know, selecting A and B, <laughs> but I think that would be probably my, my best answer. Meet Linkster, your premier Bitcoin-focused advisor. Linkster caters to businesses, institutions, family offices, and high net worth individuals. They merge your unique financial goals and needs with Linkster's Bitcoin expertise to craft your own sustainable plan to preserve and grow the value of your hard-earned profits and retained earnings. And Linkster is not just advice, it's tailored execution. Connect directly with the founder by visiting Linkster.com. That's L-Y-N-C-S-T-E-R. Com. Linkster, secure your future with Bitcoin. Today's episode of Business Bitcoinization is proudly brought to you by Vellus Commerce, where the future of business technology meets Bitcoin. As we journey through the era of Bitcoin and its transformational impact on businesses, there's one name that stands out. Vellus Commerce. Whether you're looking to build a cutting-edge website, a seamless mobile app, or custom software, Vellus is your go-to team. They've been diving deep into the world of Bitcoin since 2014, making them one of the most experienced groups for integrating Bitcoin and Lightning payments into a variety of digital platforms. But here's what truly sets them apart. Vellus Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Vellus Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VellusCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Vellus Commerce. Let's make sure your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. Sure. Well, I don't know if it's this podcast or my previous podcast have been mm -hmm. asking this question across, you know, between 200 and 250 different episodes. And there's been at least one other person who's answered that way, probably a handful of other people. So you can rest easily knowing that. Now, we're here today to talk about your business, Kind Heart Coffee. And I found out about Kind Heart Coffee by opening up the Oshi app. Uh, you're using Oshi right now. I want to talk about that a little bit and talk about obviously just generally what you're doing at Kind Heart Coffee. But I always recommend people use Oshi for a couple different reasons. First of all, it helps you to find out if there's anyone in your area who's accepting Bitcoin. And if they are, if you find them on Oshi, you can probably uh, get a discount if or 
more accurately get get sats back whenever you pay in Bitcoin. But I also recommend them because you can find Bitcoin meetups in your area. That's, that's a really neat thing about Oshi. You just download the app, open it up, and if there's a Bitcoin meetup anywhere near you, it's going to show up on the map too. So very valuable resource. Uh, we've interviewed Michael before on this podcast. I think it was episode five or six. So highly recommend you, uh, if you're listening right now, go back and listen to that one as well. But we're talking to you today, Eric, about Kind Heart Coffee and what you're doing in the Bitcoin space. So maybe if you could just share with us a little bit about the last few months, Kind Heart, what you're looking to do, and a little bit about the business. Yeah, sure. Um, for, I mean, first, if I could touch on the the Oshi thing, um, you know, we're on we're on Oshi uh, mostly because I I just posted something on Twitter about you know starting Kindheart uh, when we were opening. We, we from day one we were actually offering a, a percent of discount uh, if you pay in Bitcoin. So this was like a day one decision. Um, I guess Michael had actually seen that and he was like, "Well, this makes total sense." He reached out. He d- he sent me a quick DM. Uh, I literally, uh, I think I looked at the site for like five minutes and I was like, yeah, this, this is, this makes sense. Like, just tell me how to do it. <laughs> uh, so that, that was really cool. Like that was just like, it felt, um, like, oh, she was just super, uh, one, it was a super easy onboarding process. Um, and like Michael's just a super helpful guy and like just a super nice guy, uh, in and of itself. Um, so it was just very, very seamless. So I just wanted to make sure I gave credit where credit was due, um, to the Oshi guys. Um, as far as uh, Kindheart goes, yeah, Kindheart is. I I would say that I have a little bit of a uh, elaborate vision um, for okay. you know the things that I'd like to accomplish in in the next you know few decades. To be honest, um, and Kindheart was just sort of where I best knew how to start. Um, so I've worked a lot of um, a lot of service industry jobs. Uh, I've bartended, I, uh, have worked in coffee places. Um, I, I literally actually lived in Australia really briefly with like a really good friend of mine and I worked in like a bar there. Like, so it's kind of cool to like get like additional culture, uh, as far as like how the service, uh, service industry works in multiple countries. And like, you know, this bar happened to like have like, there was like uh French, English. Uh, I think mm-hmm. there was a German guy. <laughs> like obviously there's people from Australia. So like you get like this really, this like mixing or melting pot, not a mixing pot, but you get like this melting pot of like cultures and everything. Um, so I've just had uh, a lot of unique experiences, I think. So to start in the serv- uh, service industry, as far as like, you know, if I look at the, the map that I've drawn for myself, um, and where do I start? It's the most familiar thing. It's, it's the most, uh, easily identifiable starting point. Um, then it was just really fun. Cause once I started to get into Bitcoin, it was like, oh, this actually like even blows the top off this a little bit more. Um, you know, how can I incorporate this? You know, this can actually be my attempt to like, kind of, uh, defeat the cliche of you can't, you know, you can't, you know, what's, Bitcoin good for you can't even buy a cup of coffee with it <laughs> and so that almost was like a literal like okay I see you and I raise you like now you can like and I'm I'm fortunate enough to be starting in a town um that you know we're in Rumson New Jersey so we're in a little bit more of a um you know, a little bit more of like a wealthier area. So, you know, they're well acquainted with, you know, investing and, uh, they're, you know, their, their financial, uh, literacy is perhaps, um, a little bit higher than, than other areas. So I think that those, 
those dialogues have happened even faster because Bitcoin is an investment asset in a lot of these circles. So they do view it and they do look at it and they are like, oh, okay. Like I think it was day one. I had this whole conversation break out amongst, you know, the, the, the coffee shop to where like, you know, somebody's saying, oh, you know, I dumped all of it. I sold all of it. You know, I was getting bored with it. And I mean, while I'm like on the other side of the counter, I'm like being bored with it is great. Like if you're getting bored with it, that's a good thing. That means like, it's actually like evening out. It's like proving that it can just sustain. Like that's a great thing. That's not the time to sell. Like that's the time to like, you almost should then double down. Like, do I believe in this even more? Um, so it's, it's been a really fun, fun journey. Coffee was just the place that I, I, I thought that I could get started, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and be the most effective in. So the name Kindheart, uh, I'll break that down for you. Um, Kindheart was, uh, my challenge of, I've been on the side of feeling like an employee at a different company where, you know, there's a ceiling, uh, to where like, I have all these ideas, I don't know who to share them with. And like, there's, you know, oh, we can't do that. We can't, you know, oh, you know, can you just like do your job? Like, and I'm like, well, okay, like, I guess, but like, I don't know, that feels kind of like a bummer. Um, so it was kind of like, not only was there a roof, but also I unfortunately was part of a couple cultures that like from the outside looking in were being portrayed as though, you know, we're this happy-go-lucky place where this, you know, we're a family. And like, it's, you know, the cliche of if they say you're family, you should leave. Like, because, you know, maybe that's not how business runs. But like, this was like my opportunity to not only from the foundational level of me being employee number one to set the right culture to where like when that, you know, next person comes in and that third person comes in and that 10th person comes in that like, I am pretty hell-bent on being the owner that like is present and active and you know and we have a relationship and like if you have a problem like you can call me like just like literally creating this entirely different dynamic and challenging the precedent of how business really functions with kindness being like the number one foundational principle of you know being considerate and being empathetic and having an open ear and like doing things outside of ourselves and going above and beyond and and allowing people to see that if I'm the owner and I'm going above and beyond then you know I hope that you do the same thing like if you see me giving it everything if you see me you know not feeling like I'm rushing you if you have a problem or you need to talk about something and you need someone to talk to or you have an idea or how we can improve this business or like, you know, we're one location now, but you know, we get up into five, 10, 15 locations and someone has a great idea. It's probably going to save us a lot of money. Like, I don't want that spirit to be dampened. Like I'd like that to be accepted. So that was just like base layer kindness. I know coffee, kind heart coffee. Let's go from there. Um, And then there's a a secondary element to that, um, which I mean, maybe it's rooted in a little bit of the fact that I was I was raised in like a very conservative Christian household. So like I grew up um, hearing, you know, about tithing and hearing the 10% giving and you give back. And, you know, granted, in my adult life, I've kind of uh, stepped away from that a little bit. I still have a lot of respect for it and I have no judgment for it. Um, but, you know, uh, when I started Kind Heart, it was basically like, okay, well, we're going to prove that businesses can operate differently. And instead of waiting for profits to then donate, we're going to literally take the profits and donate immediately. So we're not going to wait until we're a super big company. We can make this large difference. Um, like from day one, as soon as we're profitable, which we're, you know, we're in startup mode, so we're still not a profitable business just for full transparency. 
Um, but once we're generating profit, it's from that day, 10% is going to be donated to a, a charity that, that will run side by side with our, with our actual operational, uh, locations. So basically when a person comes in and they spend, uh, you know, a few dollars, which, you know, you start to view money a little bit differently, they're literally exchanging their time, effort, energy, and the value that they create and put into the world, like it makes you want to create a better product. It makes you want to create a better service and get, provide something more for them. But even more than that, on the back end, it's it's literally saying like when you buy this cup of coffee, you're literally going to have the opportunity to, as a byproduct, be donating and making your community a better place, you know, with what will eventually be called the Kind Heart Initiative, which will focus on community development um, and, and creating opportunity uh, and, and creating, I hope, really unique opportunities for the people um, uh, of those communities. So I'm excited about it, man. It's it's very, very early, but uh, but, you know, big goals. Yeah, I'm sort of curious. Um, sure. You talked about a, a multi-decade plan. Is yeah. that something you care to share about? You're starting with coffee. <laughs> Do you want to share about what that looks like, or is that kind of something you're keeping close to your chest? Um, you know, uh, it, it's funny. Um, my my mom one time asked me. She she was like, you know, I, I had a board meeting with like a potential location, and it was like this big board meeting with like. Um, like the CEO of a development company that was looking for a coffee company to go into it. And he had like his whole suite, uh, you know, his whole suite, his whole team, he had the broker, everyone was in there. And I was printing out these like massive, you know, it was like a 25 page packet. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to give it all to them. Like, I'm just going to be transparent. I'm going to show them everything. Like if they want kind heart, they're going to get kind heart. Like they're mm-hmm. going to see it and, and they're going to know what the plan is so that they know even early on, you know, I'm not sitting on this large sum of money where I can walk in, develop the whole thing myself. I can do all this, you know, so they're going to see, okay, at least he has a vision. Like at least he has a plan. So mm-hmm. her question, I promise I'm getting to something. <laughs> her, her question was, well, what happens you know, you're showing them your business model. What happens if like they take it and run with it? And I was like, honestly, good for them. <laughs> like if they can do it, awesome. The world's going to be a better place, I think, if they can do it. So I don't have a, I don't have any problem sharing it. So if someone even hears this and like they want to go ahead and run with it in their area, like friggin' go for it. Um, so like one of the secondary things is, is when I started the company, I literally was like, okay, well, how do I take the excess of what I have and make something valuable or useful out of it. You know, how do I take, you know, the excess from the cold brew that we make and mm. do something else with the coffee grounds? How do I, you know, we make original recipe syrups that are infused with, you know, organic and all natural ingredients to try to create like the absolute healthiest, you know, treat for yourself. So if you're going to get a coffee that has sugar in it and you're going to treat yourself and you're going to have something with a, you know, a big flavor, we want it to be like the best quality that we possibly can. But how do I then take that and do something useful after that? So I started like getting really deep into like composting techniques. Like what is like a high concentration coffee ground compost look like? What does that do mm. as far as like, you know, the the benefits of the soil health? Um, you know, that led me down. Okay, well, you know, which I don't want to really get too deep into this because I know a lot of people feel a different type of way. Um, but it's like, okay, well, what is actually the problem? Is it the carbon that we're emitting or is it our inability to actually sequester carbon back for, like in into the actual soil, which the soil needs? So it's like, you know, what is that actual balance and has our modern day farming actually lost track of the value that is 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 required from the soil to actually take that carbon back in? 
And can the way that we do things be altered or changed, or can we be mm. less wasteful as businesses to actually create those second order effects? So for me, it's like, okay, at some point I'd love to have a farm to where we're like, literally we're, we're producing all of our cold brew and producing all of our coffees. And that's all being pushed to our farm location to where we are composting stuff, to where we are rejuvenating soils, to where we are growing produce that actually is then going to get used in pastries that we're making in house, like to create this full circle I think would just be a very, very beautiful thing. Yeah, It's cool to watch like how Bitcoin can potentially play into that because I see all these things about, you know, uh, in greenhouses, you know, miners literally being used for, you know, greenhouse heat. Uh, you know, obviously I'm in Jersey, so, you know, that would be good for at least maybe half the year. Uh, you yeah. know, it gets fairly warm uh, the rest of the year, but, you know, at least for like part of that year, we could use that exhaust and that would be like a really cool implementation. Um, I got really into, and again, solar panels is not something everyone agrees with, but like, you know, when you understand how it's made, you know, you understand like, okay, like, is this capture of energy perhaps a really useful thing? You know, I started getting into like agrivoltaics, um, which is basically like this uh, relationship between like produce that grows beneath uh, solar panels at certain angles and they actually have like this really like uh, reciprocal relationship to where the plants underneath absorb some of the energy that the solar panels can absorb so the solar panels can operate at max efficiency or or better efficiency so these are just all things that like i'm slowly learning like i'm just slowly pushing the ball forward on like all of these things while you know running a coffee shop um, but these are things that i think would just be really really cool and 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 to be able to get to that point um, and, and to be able to implement those things, uh, I'd love to literally be like plopping these, these down in like different regions of the country, uh, and, and, you know, um, kind of, kind of, uh, maximizing the effect that we can have not only in people's lives, but, you know, environmentally, um, to kind of prove that uh, business can operate differently. Um, it's just about, you know, where's the soul of the business at and, and what's the actual motive. Um, and, and, you know, above everything else, it's, it's to make a, a positive impact on, on the people that we interact with, um, just via what we do. Well, I appreciate you sharing that vision. A couple things when it comes to uh, mm-hmm. business owners who are listening to this podcast or listening to a clip or whatever in the future, one thing I would, I think would be really valuable for them to hear mm-hmm. is how often, um, conversations are happening at your particular shop and also what you do in order to encourage those conversations? Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's probably almost once a day. Um, cause it's displayed right on our menu. Um, it's like mm-hmm. the, the big orange B is up there and it says, you know, 20% off. Um, the most recent thing that we actually did, um, which actually, uh, it was your show. It was uh, with uh, Jim Kreider. Um, you guys mm-hmm. were talking about like menu yeah. displays and, and you know, and I was like, okay, like I get it. Like I can actually do something. So what I actually recently implemented was taking the previous week's average uh, of, uh, you know, the Bitcoin price average and then uh, converting that into a weekly consistent SATS price. So that basically we take the the previous week's average, we display the new SATS price for a week. So that's a constant value. So, you know, obviously if it goes up, goes down, it's going to affect, you know, your dollar payment. But, um, you know, to keep that consistent and also just to display it on the actual menu without having to change it daily, hourly, whatever it is. So a weekly change is a little bit more realistic and a little bit more reasonable, especially given the infrequency of Bitcoin payments. 
Um, but that even has triggered more conversations because now they're like, mm. oh, well, what's the orange? Like, what's this 11,000? Like, what's this? Like, what's, you know, so yeah. we we incorporate the discount right into it. So you never even, you never even know the difference, but it's just to kind of create that entry, create that, oh, what's a sat? Like, because we have this little thing that says priced in sats. People are like, well, what is that? And I'm like, oh, well, let me tell you, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's it's been exciting and there is a lot of dialogue. There is a lot of questions. Um I think from a business owner perspective, it's it's good. Like if you're into Bitcoin and you think that it, it can be something of value for you, whether it be just the asset or the network or both, I think it's super valuable to even put yourself out there and to challenge yourself to be that example for other people. You know, with that, I think comes a responsibility. Like you have to understand what you're talking about to a certain level because you don't want to deter people. You don't want to turn people off. You don't want to be you know, the guy who people talk back about, you know, six months, a year, seven years from now. And they're like, oh, you know, I talked about it in this coffee shop, this restaurant, this, you know, uh, clothing store, you know, whatever the case may be, you don't want to be the person who deterred them. Because, you know, we could potentially be talking about something fairly life-changing for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially in the service industry. One interesting thing is the fact that like, you know, I think it's fairly common knowledge that the service industry is full of of immigrants and people who are not originally from our country and who come to our country and work incredibly hard. And at times, you know, they can even be taken advantage of and, and just because of their immigration status. And I think those things are just so fundamentally wrong. Um, but I look at it and I had a conversation with a guy who was originally from Mexico. He moved here. He's been working here. His dad, you know, went through the process of getting his whole family visas. And I started talking to him about Bitcoin and I was like, well, have you ever thought about or looked into this and researched the way that it could potentially, you know, uh, you know, serve as, as a, you know, a method of expedience for you actually returning to Mexico faster if you want to, mm. you know, or you being able to send money back more efficiently or more effectively, you know, I, I think I think it's like, you know, anyone who's anti-immigration should actually be so pro-Bitcoin because it's like it's literally like saying like, OK, well, their whole method or their whole means of coming to the country mm. is to save in the U.S. dollar, which is is a better currency for them. It travels further. It buys them more. So if they can take Bitcoin and then, you know, buy that Bitcoin with the U.S. dollar that they earn and send it back and they're saving 30, 40, 50 percent on that actual remittance or that transaction or however you want to look at it, that literally allows them to potentially get back to their country faster. You know, however that math actually breaks down, I haven't sat down and done it, but just like as, as a thought process, I think that that's something worth looking at, especially if you're a business owner who does have those people, you don't want to lose good workers. You don't want to lose people, but also like there should be a foundational place where you come from that's like, hey, I just want my workers to be happy. I want people who come here to be fulfilled. When they leave for another job or another country, I want them to know that they have my support. I want to do what I can do to to make that happen for them so that they can live a more fulfilled life. Because end of the day, the people that work for you as a business owner are the people who are making your dream come true and who are fulfilling what you wish to do. So I think it's just like some things are just off uh, with maybe, you know, some skewed capitalistic uh, views and people think, you know, it should be top down leadership. Um, But uh, I'm more of like, I view it as like a lead from the front at times and you got to lead from the back at other times. Um, But either way, you should be on the same playing field Um, and, and you want the best for your people. So Bitcoin's like a cool way to interact with customers, a cool way to interact with employees. Um, but like I said, it does come with a little bit of pressure. You do want to know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to hear like, you know, oh, I don't really know. But 
if you don't know, you should admit that because uh, I think people have more respect for for when you answer. I don't know, but I'll find yeah. out and I'll come back to you. So it's just interesting. It's new. It's fun. If if you like it, uh, if you're curious about you know how money works and and how it can improve your business, um, it's just it's just been a lot of fun. Well, Eric, I am glad that we're talking the day that you've had a a first almost sale in yeah. Bitcoin. And I'm looking forward to hopefully in the future, we can come back and kind of revisit this, talk about how your efforts have benefited your business down yeah. the road, how many more people you've gotten onto Bitcoin, et cetera, et cetera. So hopefully we'll be able to have a follow-up conversation in a few months or a year or something like that. But yeah. before we finish up, maybe sure. could you share with us where people can find out more about Kind Heart Coffee and share with us any final thoughts that you have? Uh, yeah, so, so I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the worst thing that I do as far as I think a business owner goes is, uh, social media. Mm. <laughs> um, so, uh, kind heart, uh, you can find us on Instagram. It's literally kind underscore heart underscore coffee. Um, and then on Twitter, we're literally just kind heart coffee. Um, my personal, uh, handles are literally just, uh, Eric, but spelled E R I I K Jones. Mm. Um, because uh, I have a very generic name. So uh, Eric <laughs> Jones was taken. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just some final thoughts. I mean, I, I would say if, if you're a business owner who does not feel confident yet, um, that's okay. Like take your time. Um, you know, I get the, everybody wants to pressure you into it. Everybody wants to, you know, you got to buy now, you got to buy now, you got to, you know, if you're not buying it, you don't know what you're doing, but it's like, okay, like, you know, we're seeing perfect examples of why people need to actually be comfortable and educated and they need to be confident in what they're doing and what they're saying. Um, you know, it's going to be a long, a long play here. Um, so, you know, you, you, there is a such thing as being too aggressive with like, you know, if you want to carry it on your balance sheet, you know, there's risk there, you know, you got to make sure that you feel comfortable and confident in, in what you're going to use it for, how you're going to use it, if you're going to use it, um, or if it's just going to kind of sit there. Uh, that goes for your personal as well. You know, you just got to take your time, ease into it, make sure you do know what you're what you're doing. Don't just like run to a, a custodian and, you know, buy, you know, a few hundred dollars, a few thousand dollars, whatever your comfort level is. Um, don't just buy it just because somebody's pressuring you into it. I mean, I think that first purchase helps you actually care but also, you know, too big of a jump can lead to you not caring forever if uh, if you get treated the wrong way or if the wrong thing happens. Um, so, so just dip the toe in, maybe is is my best word of advice. Don't uh, don't go all in uh, until you're until you know like maybe the water's warm or you feel comfortable with how warm it is. Great. Well, Eric, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Well, friends, it's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out to either me or Eric, you can find our links in the show notes below. Be sure to check out Kind Heart Coffee on Twitter, Instagram, their website, or Oshi. As always, keep building, keep growing, and until next time, keep living and leading well. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. If you want to take a further step in your support for the show, you can help us grow by listening on Fountain, a value-for-value value podcast app on iOS or Android. If you hear something you like that you disagree with or anything else, you can share it by sending some sats and adding a comment with your thoughts. Some of you have already done this, and I appreciate it. I'm going to begin reading your boosts on upcoming episodes, so if you have some insight or value to add, let the people know. Getting started with Fountain is easy. You can add Bitcoin to your Fountain wallet by using your fiat accounts or any lightning wallet. 
And one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app, you can earn sats just by listening on Fountain. Check out the link in the show notes to get started with Fountain today.